This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, Georgie, check for Dadsy. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. (whistles) Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms supply. See mcdonalds.com. Leicester City have a penalty kick in the sixth minute of injury time. Injury time. Injury time. Look out, takes. Almunia saves. Look out, follows in. Almunia saves again. And now what? Listening to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. Joining us, Megan Chandler. Hello, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? All good. All good. I'll hand you over to Peter because that's what we do. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, we're not normally even this professional. Go figure. Well, look, firstly, (laughs) congratulations on your Player of the Season award because I know you're going to say all sorts of things like it's all about a team and all of that. And I get that but it's thoroughly deserved in a season as packed out with absolute, we'll go through it, team highlights and also standout performances for the season from your teammates. You have absolutely, absolutely battered it. So well done. Congratulations. Was it nice picking that up at Vicarage Road? I appreciate you have you have delusions of being a Chelsea supporter, but we'll stop all of that. <laughs> was it nice picking it up at, at, uh, at Vicarage Road? Oh, yeah, it was fantastic. To be honest, it was a shock in general. But no, Vic Road was amazing. The atmosphere was great. The fans were lovely and very welcoming. And yeah, it was just a great day all around, to be honest. We um, obviously clapped around the pitch. Everyone cheered for us. So yeah, it was lovely. It was a great occasion. Good stuff. Quite right, too. Quite right, too. That's a good way to start supporting Watford Football Club. Well done. <laughs> so so it, it's been a standout season, and we want, to, we want to talk on that. But one thing we like to try to, to see here, is, and it's, it's especially important from, from the women's game, is whenever we talk to players or former players, we like to understand how they got into football in the first place, how they fell in love with the game. What age did you start? Because you've also been involved with stuff out in the United States, of course, which is a hotbed mm-hmm. for women's football. How did you get introduced to the game? And what was your career path before, obviously, coming to Watford, which was obviously a huge delight for you? I started actually playing when I was about four. My cousins were footballers and they played for Dill Town um, growing up. And they used to come around mine and we used to play in the garden. And it just started from there, really. I think my cousin Josh, she slid tackled me once in the garden. And instead of crying, I got like a little thrill out of like the intensity that football brung. And I actually just, I love defending from a young age. And it just went from there. It was like a knock-on effect. I joined the girls team at my school, played for Deal Town Rangers from, I think it was five up until about 10. We didn't have a girls team at the start. So I played with the guys, which was great, great experience. I feel like girls nowadays don't necessarily get that experience growing up, which is a good thing because obviously they've got their own girls teams, but but playing up, uh, growing mm-hmm. up playing with boys is definitely an experience in itself. And yep. then I moved to Charlton when I was 12, I think. So I played for Charlton okay. from Centre of Excellence all the way up to the first team. And then I left there, I think, when I was 18. 
And I flew out to the States and did four years on a scholarship, which was the best four years ever. Like playing full-time football, getting a degree. It was what dreams were made of, really. Then I came home, signed for Crystal Palace, spent a couple of seasons there. And then I've been at Watford ever since after that. I think it's this is my fourth season at Watford. And yeah, that's where we're at today. I've not been to too many teams, but definitely some experience in there, that's for sure. Good stuff, good stuff. Well, I mean, America was always that bit further ahead. And the game, you know, has, has developed further as a women's game there than it has as the men. And they're kind of playing catch up still with MLS, realistically. And you see mm-hmm. that with the, the Rapinos and the Morgans of this world doing, doing incredible stuff and, and being public figures. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm, I'm sure I'm going to be wrong, because Justin will tell you I have a fine tradition of being wrong. Wouldn't want to <laughs> change that or anything. At what point this season... Am I right? You, you injured your shoulder. Now, I noticed this at the Wolves game. You were playing with a brace, I think, a, a brace underneath. When did you injure it? What did you do? And how on earth did you carry on playing seemingly without changing uh, gear? When did I hurt it? Uh, it was at training before. What game was it? Um, was it before Cheltenham? Cheltenham? I think I got told Cheltenham it was Cheltenham. Away. Yeah. Yeah. So Saturday we had we play like five aside, and before that we was doing like a warm up game where someone had to chip it in, and you had to take a touch and then catch the ball. So I've taken a touch. Yeah. Had to dive, landed on my shoulder, and it's kind of like I felt the sharp pain, but nothing of it. The next morning, game day, I was like, oh, it's a bit sore. Carried on playing, then landed on it through a tackle, and according to the physio, she thinks that it partially popped out. Not fully, thankfully, because if it was fully, oh my gosh, if that was the pain for partial, then I never want to feel the pain for a full pop out. So yeah, yeah, then after that, it was a brace holding it in and some rehab and yeah, just a lot of painkillers. And I, I, I dislocated my knee when I was my right knee when I was nineteen and my left knee when I was twenty nine. I haven't stopped moaning about them since, and that's about 104 years ago. So how the hell you play football on it straight after is beyond me. That's just ridiculous. A level, a level of bravery that I am simply not capable of. So let's go, let's go back to the back end of last season. Obviously, the absolute heartache against Coventry United. What difference has Damon? And his whole team and his whole setup that we see at, at Grosvenor Vale and now you know, a couple of games at Vicarage Road made to the squad since those guys have come in because they seem to have made fantastic strides with you all as a group. Yeah, they've been refreshing. I think obviously at the end of last season it was it was tough and coming back in you could sense that there was still that sadness I suppose surrounding what had happened, but they brought a sense of like belief that. Yeah, that was last season. This this season's different. The intensity they've brung is, I uh, can't tell you, we train so hard. Just, yeah, it's like a newfound belief that, yeah, we're good enough to to take it to the next level again. And the girls, have they've built an environment where everyone enjoys coming to football. Like there's no moaning about, oh, the long nights. It's just like you turn up, you enjoy it and you go home. I think that's unheard of sometimes, especially when you train in the evening because it, it, uh-huh. it is a slog. But they've they've created an environment where it's it's fun and it's enjoyable, and I think that's that's almost the difference. At the back end of last season, obviously we was losing a lot, and it's hard to keep up that positive positive mentality when the results aren't going your way. So this season, I think it was important for them to put in place like a po- a positive atmosphere, like that was then, this is now, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's worked in our favour hugely. They've been such a 
a huge asset to us this season. Um, I think the girls have thrived of having them as our coaches. So, yeah, we've been very lucky. Lovely stuff, lovely stuff. Well, of course, you've also, um, you've kind of, how, how can I put this? You've, you were elected as, uh, or appointed as vice-captain, but obviously with Helen Ward being on international duty at the start and coming on as a kind of a super sub in the later part. So you've you've been almost, the, well, you've been the de facto captain on the pitch. How, how has that been for you this season? Is leadership something that you just naturally have or is it something you've had to add and work to in, into your game? Um, I wouldn't say it's something that comes too natural in terms of talking and being like a loud voice on the pitch. That's definitely something that I've had to adapt and add into my game. But I think that, I like to be a leader in necessarily in other ways. So like I train really hard. I try to keep high standards and push the girls when, you know, they need pushing. So I think I kind of already had that part, but Helen's helped me. She may not think that she has. She doesn't really say much. We don't have those chats in terms of captain to vice captain, but just being around her and learning of her as a captain has been invaluable to me. So I've taken a lot on board from Hells without her even realising it. So, yeah, having her around has been, well, I mean, who doesn't want a Helen Ward in their team? Very true. Very true indeed. <laughs> Hi, this is Helen Ward, and you are listening to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. So this podcast is being sponsored by NordVPN. Why are we doing a sponsorship slot? We never do sponsorship slots. Well, firstly, NordVPN is very useful for Watford fans. But secondly, we're going to use the money to create hundreds of free posters using our icon gallery images to give away at the first game of next season for anyone who comes down to the bunker when it's opened again. Ooh, that's nice. But what does NordVPN actually do? Well, VPN stands for Virtual Private Network, and it means that with NordVPN, no one can see your internet history, which for you, Carl, might be a good thing. Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, move on. Move on. Another another benefit of NordVPN is that you can be virtually in other countries. So if you have Netflix, for example, you can see all the extra films and TV shows that are available in those other countries, like the United States, for example. And then when you're abroad, you can catch up on iPlayer. Oh, okay. But what about Watford fans? Well, as you know, there's a cost of living crisis. Yes. And money's short for a lot of people. Right. Well, getting to away games can be expensive. Getting to home games can be expensive. So you could watch the occasional game on the TV. How? Well, most games are televised abroad. But holidays cost a lot more than an away game. Virtual holidays don't, though. So, if you want to fireproof your fire stick, protect your digital identity. Extend your streaming capabilities or ensure that people don't track your internet history, Carl, just saying. Then, why not use the award-winning NordVPN to ensure your internet security? And if you sign up using our link, NordVPN will give you an extra three months free to keep you safer for longer. Do not scratch your eyes. Uh, we we actually came along and after uh, this 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 ridiculous podcast, which is always this bad. Trust me, we came along and actually did a commentary for the game on the fourth of December, uh, when you played Crawley Wasps. Okay, and on that game, I know that you changed from having played previously that a flat back four to suddenly you switched to a three, and you had Grace Garrett in the team at the time. You had Annie Maywell and yourself there. Mm-hmm. And since then, you've played a th- played as a three. Obviously, you've you've played football a long time. You've been at the back. Do you prefer now playing in a three to playing in a four? And whereabouts in that three? Because you've kind of moved a little bit more central as the seasons moved on. What's what's your preferred position in that? 
Yeah, I think the centre of the three is probably my best position. Sometimes I've found, obviously, it's not a bad thing because we've been that good that there's not been necessarily a need for me to get on the ball as much. Sometimes I find that in the centre, you don't get on the ball as much as what you do on the right or the left. But I think, yeah, in the centre, I feel the most comfortable. The distribution, you get, you do get a lot of the ball at times. And, and yeah, you can see everything. You can almost manage what happens. The people in front of you a lot easier than what you do on the left or right. And yeah, I think I've adapted my game well to fit in there. And I, that's definitely where I feel most comfortable now. Yeah. Good stuff. When you've played that three, I've uh, this is me noting this down here, so this is prone to error if ever it was. Annie Mayveld, Nicola Gibson's played there. Killarney has played with you. Ali Palish has been there. Emily Wallace has played. You started, as I mentioned there, with Grace Garrett. And in the second half against Oxford, I think Sophie McLean, who also, also dropped in, mm-hmm all play the position very, very differently. What? How do you, do you have to adapt your game depending on who is there? Take us through that. Yeah, I think so. Obviously, we train with each other week in, week out, so you get to know what people's preference are, whether they want the, the ball in front, whether they want the ball to their back foot. So I think sometimes you just naturally have that relationship already due to the amount of hours you put in at training. But obviously, games are different, aren't they? Things happen in games. People might not be where you expect them to be and vice versa. So it's just about kind of finding that relationship throughout the game. It's sometimes tough, especially when it's like a high-intensity game. Like Oxford, for example, Sophie McLean probably didn't want to be thrown in at right back at that time. But you just make it work, don't you? And you just you do what you feel is, is though is best at that time. So I think the relationships in training have really helped us. Like I say, we train so hard, so... You're never in the same position in training. You're always playing with someone different. So we've built those relationships up throughout the season. So I think that's really benefited us so that when someone does step in in a different position, they're ready and people players around them know what they want to do, how they want to receive the ball. So, yeah, there's been a lot of changes, but I think we've adapted really well throughout the whole team, not just in the defence this season. We talk about the Oxford game. You you came back to win that show show great level of character after obviously the heartache of the the League Cup game going to extra time so close and obviously we've got the rematch coming on Saturday we'll talk about that but the comeback in the second half against Oxford which eventually obviously led to that that day at Billericay take us through the second half against Oxford how you felt after that. And then take us back to the knowledge at Billericay, which kind of happened kind of midway through the game that actually, you know what, Ipswich, mm-hmm. Ipswich have done the job there. How did that feel whilst you're still playing? Yeah, I mean, that Oxford game was was wild, to be honest. It was such a great game to be involved in. I think we started slow in the first half. It weren't really a, a true reflection of how we performed well this season. But I think that was just with the nerves that, that the game had so much meaning to it. We went in and had a team talk. So our goalie coach, she literally stood up in front of everyone and gave us this heartfelt chat. And it almost like ignited something, that that belief that, yeah, why are we, what are we worrying for? Like, just relax, like play how we play. And I think the second half, we was playing some of the best football we've played all season. Mm. Um, it's clicked in the last few months for us. And I think that game was just like epitomised the hard work that everyone's put in. And it was just, you know, when you've just got a feeling that it's your time and I, and that was that day, it was just everything that you'd want as a footballer and more in that second half. And I, yeah, we took that into Billericay, that belief, which you don't know. We didn't know that it wasn't in our hands. Do you know what I mean? But we yeah. said before the game, like, this is our time. And thankfully it was. 
don't get me wrong, Oxford, they'd worked hard all season, Ipswich, they'd worked hard all season, but so have we. So why didn't we deserve our awards? And Billericay, we we showed that that confidence, that class. And yeah, like, oh, what a feeling. I mean, for me, it was full circle. Obviously, last year it was ending the season on a rubbish note and this, and this year ending it on the best possible outcome. So... Yeah, you can't ask for much more, really. It's been a fantastic season for us. So hopefully one more and and another celebration on Saturday. And with those celebrations on the pitch of Billericay, you, you were joined by a couple of uh, a couple of small people with Watford kits on. Was that a nice <laughs> moment for everybody to share it with, with kind of family and, and friends, etc.? Oh, of course. Do you know, like you say about giving up your time all season long, but they do too, your family and your friends, your loved ones, they follow like the fans. You guys have followed us around all season, home away. So it's not just for us and the coaches, it's for everyone else too. Like the thank yous that we, we don't want to just thank the close ones. It's, it's got to be about everyone. It's, it's a whole team effort. I say that all the time. Like it's not just the players on the pitch, it's the players off the pitch, it's the fans, it's the family, it's the, the staff, it's the people that you, behind the scenes that you never hear about. It's so much more than just the 11 that get the job done at the time. So yeah, it's such a such a nice feeling and a bit of like give back to all the hard work that everyone's put in this season. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, look, we appreciate that your time is short. So one final message here then. Message to any, any fans who are kind of thinking, oh, I might get up to stadium mk on on saturday just let us know any message to the fans well i just want to say look you guys have been fantastic all season long we'd love to see so many of you there as possible look we're nothing without the fan base so come along it'll be a great day out we'll promise to bust our gut to get that win for you um so please yeah come support us on saturday megan it's been a joy to speak to you good luck on saturday thank you very much for talking to us thank you It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? <laughs> At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.